Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We are at the nexus of the sports talk universe. We are halfway through the halfway through the week show. Uh, halfway <laughs> through the hump day show. I love to say that. I'm going to say that pretty much at this time every Wednesday. But uh, I say that when I'm like eating something. I'm like halfway done with halfway done with both portions of whatever I'm eating. Let me ask you this. Whatever gets put I, on I your you plate. I love food. I do love. I, I've had to stop doing this. And, and you, I, you had a, a, a strict mom. I, I, I know how you know you oh, talked yeah, about her. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Did you have to eat everything on your plate? Oh yeah, yeah. I bet, I bet clean, clean. And I had to uncondition myself as an adult. To, I'm full. Why am I still eating? Oh, cause I've been just trained to just clean my plate. Me too. Yeah. So I had to. Man, I had I had to stop that. I had to put the fart down. Like, why am I eating? I had to figure it out though. Man, I'm full, man. Why don't I just keep stuffing myself? Oh, it's good. No, no, it's beyond. It's just good. No. It was, I was conditioned because I was doing it over and over and over again. Even sometimes when the food was just okay. Just just hammering away. Yeah. Now, I, the food wasn't just okay when my wife was cooking. I just had to make your clarity. I want to oh, here we go I, again. I, I, All I, right. Don't want, I don't want to be eating uh, with the dog, with the dog food, you know, tonight. <laughs> it, and you go to a place like my son loves Chewies because they have a kids Ooh, meal and you I get, the, that you get the push pop with it the the, oh. the orange sherbet he loves oh, that yeah. there's enough food on a plate at Chewies for like six people mm-hmm. and they give you the chips and the white dip oh, now wow. Lucas Panzica is sitting there nodding like that dip is addictive you know the white dip at Chewies you ever had yes. that stuff okay yes. good oh. queso there too but I'm that that white dip is ooh. I don't know what I'm about is magical. It make it says keep eating me. I'm I'm telling you, I, I can't. But stop. then they load you up with that, and then they bring you enough food for six people. Yeah, and, and then I'm halfway full, halfway through. Yeah. So what do you do? How do you manage that? What power do you through, do, Lucas. I power through. <laughs> Look, well, okay. well, he's a young. You know, he's got that high metabolism. <laughs> and, you know, he's a youngster, man. Was, I, man, he was so. Oh, I power through. Yeah, power through. Man. You can eat a whole plate of anything at Chewy's after eating everything else that they've given you. All the chips and the dip. And I, it, yeah, I pride myself on this. <laughs> he said he prides himself uh, on this. Jay, just the letter J in his own TV chat says, to go box. Yeah, to go. Yeah, those, those are good. Go. But I'm like, I'm like Blaine. Like my house growing up, you finished what was on. You didn't yeah. waste food in the Panzeca house. Yeah. See, we, we didn't either. Yeah. So I. That's it. But see, you know, that's. That old school, I guess, a little bit. You know, so you got a little old school there, Lucas. That's, that's why you got that old soul right there. Um, the Titans had some people who uh, I don't know if they left food on their plate, but they didn't practice today. Um, so it, you want your bad they, news they first? Was eat, they was eating. You, you know, want, I'm they, always on the bad news first. I want to always finish with the good news. Well, the the worst of the bad news is this: David Long didn't practice today. Oh man, David Long never went on injured reserve. Listen to this, because I I got curious last injury? night. I was like a detective. Is it an ankle foot too? Um, I'll have to look no, for I mean, lower body injury, hamstring for David. Oh Long. man, his game is all built on twitchiness and beating the guys to the punch because of his size, his aggressive nature. This is this a tough one. Uh, Long hasn't played in a month. Well, well, let's start with Evans. That's long. He's longer than that. Evans hasn't played since October twenty fourth. He didn't go on. Uh, Neither one of those guys went on IR. Greg Maben hasn't played since Halloween. Uh, all three of those guys could have been on IR. Nate Davis has been out two weeks and then a, and then a bye week, so it would have to be three games. But again, I got curious last night. I know they've got all. And those now guys. we got Monty Rice out. Monty Rice is on IR. Yeah, 
Oh, he's on IR? Yep. Oh. He oh. went on IR, uh, what, he's, last He's on week? a permanent IR or the just the three? No, years? just the – well, I, IR now, unless – you if you go on a second time, that's permanent. Or, like, oh, Cam Batson, when they put him on, they said he's on. Right. Yep. And, and uh, Evans, right, Darrington Evans is on the permanent. Yes, because he went on uh, uh, second time or however things broke down mm-hmm. with him, yes. But, but I got curious last night because I thought David Long – David Long missed the last game, and I thought, he missed games. What, what are we doing? David Long, like I said, hasn't played in a month. He didn't go on IR. Uh, Rashawn Evans, like you said, it's even longer. October 24th versus Kansas City. It's the – They still haven't practiced. They didn't practice the today. the 8th of December. They didn't practice. So here's who didn't practice. Jack Rabbit Jenkins, foot, ankle, David Long, Elijah Molden, Tier Tart, Tommy Hudson. That's, that's the didn't practice list from Jim Wyatt. So here's who did. Julio Jones. Nate Davis. Here's one for you. Jeremy McNichols. Oh, good. Rashawn Evans. Racy McMath, who's in that 21 day Rashawn window. Rashawn Evans, the linebacker. Rashawn, the him. Yeah, uh, Rashawn oh, Evans. The, the him. Yeah, that guy <laughs> who has not played <laughs> since October weeks. 24th versus Kansas City. Okay. That that gentleman. Oh, well, we, we definitely need him at this point. Uh, Racy McMath, who's been on, on IR. Dane Cruikshank, okay. who's been on IR. Here's another one, and this is a big help for special teams. Again, like you always talk about, putting guys in the spot where they're the best at for their spot. Ola Adani. Oh. Who's the depth guy as a pass rusher, but he's super important as a special yeah, teamer. I think he's up for a special team he, pro bowl. Yeah. He practices. And, and here's another one for you. Greg Maben. Uh-oh. Greg Maben. Practice. Good, because good, we need that corner depth. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, that's good. That's good news. So that's all the dids and didn'ts. Uh, maybe the best news of all, though, and this is the one thing as we started the show, you said, well, I, I said, by 2 o'clock, we'll know who practiced and didn't. You said, just share with me if Julio Jones practiced or he didn't. Yeah. And he did. That's going to help Tannehill out. I mean, he's trying to force the issue with solid backup players. And uh, just, you know, got to throw it in the dirt sometime. <laughs> but, you know, these guys are competitive and they want to make it happen. Like I mean, I th- what do you, he has more interceptions already this year than he had in the last two years? I would assume because he didn't did he he start he, half of the two years ago. He he's now he started ten games. He is second in interceptions now. Um, somebody passed him last week, so he was tied for first. No, no, I, I'm I'm just talking about him competing against himself. The last two years, how many interceptions has he had compared to just this year? He's See, that's what I'm getting at. Because you're always competing. You said, don't don't measure yourself with other people. You're only competing against yourself. You got to be the best version of you. If you're always chasing to be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, you'll come up short. You're not going to be them. You're not them. Well, the point I was making with the 13 is he's been nowhere near the league leading in interceptions, and he was first until last week. Oh, uh, well, that's he got passed on the bye though. week. Still a great point, though. Uh, yeah. Because he. His whole thing has been like never big numbers. It's just been how how efficient he's been. Right, and that's his stick. He's just been so you know he throws it twenty four times, making, but it's what he does in those twenty four throws. Making mistakes, and, and this year it's been a, more about mistakes. Well, I think it's because it's a combination of all things. That's why we went through that whole scenario. Who's more to blame? Oh, to me, it's him. I'm sorry. You could say, oh, it's the coordinator. Oh, it's the receivers who are running the routes. And oh, well, don't throw to him. Throw it in the dirt. Throw it is his ankles. So what is your incomplete? Well, not an interception. So I mean, <laughs> Dude, you talk about competing against himself. Yeah, that's this is hard. his this is his highest interception total since twenty thirteen. 
It's 2021. Well, well, when you're looking back at these seasons, you're talking about throughout the full season or at this point in the season? No, the whole season. Uh Uh-oh. He had 13 as a rookie, which he's equaled. He had 17 in his next year. After that, he's never had more than 12. He had 12. uh, He had 12. He had 12. He had nine. Then he had six for Tennessee and seven for Tennessee. And now he's got 13. The most interceptions he's thrown in a year since 2013. And he's nowhere near throwing as much as he was in Miami. I, I just, wow. That well, and part of the strength for Ryan Tannehill and what he's so good on the Titans is he manages games. He can't really manage games if you're turning over the ball. Right. Yeah, yeah his efficiency. Yeah, no doubt. That's tough. His five, uh, blank, you, guys, this, this, here you go. Ooh, you know this hurt the, me because I, 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 I like me some Tannehill. The year he threw 17 was the year he threw the most passes. He had 588 attempts, and he threw 17 interceptions. The year he threw it the most, he threw the most picks. That was his second year in the league. Uh, mm, is, is uh, I know you don't know how many passes he's thrown so far. Yeah, I do. What is, uh, he's thrown 389. Which I guarantee you is a vein in my elbow for whatever reason <laughs> just twitched when you said three hundred is up. It was like like it's like I almost like tore my my bicep. It was connected. It was like why? And that was my throwing arm, just like Daniel's. <laughs> why is he throwing? It, That's how it bothers me. Like and three eighty nine places him fifteenth in the league. In pass attempts behind uh, Heineke from Washington, who's 14. Jared Goff is ahead of him. Uh, Big Ben. Well, he's been behind. He's, he's 15th in passing attempts, Ryan Tannehill, right in the middle what, of the league. What, you said something? Oh, okay. Man. Ah, ooh. Well, I'm sure he was watching a lot of film uh, before he left. Why he was on vacation when he took a break from his lovely wife, mm-hmm. Lauren, there on vacation. I don't know where they went, but it looked like they were on some secluded island. <laughs> and uh, he's regrouped, and he's ready to rock and roll. Let's hope so. And go back to the old tanny time. Mr. Efficient. I know. So. That's what I want to see. We need you at your best. I know they're not the best out there, but you got to do what you're working with. Yes, you do. Uh, and then, and then, first you gotta show up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, he should be the security blanket. He's he's not. That, um, that that hurts me. It does. Maybe he got more secure in this in this bye week. He's offered more security. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna lose our security if we don't take a break. When we come back, Jordan Dejani to talk NFL headlines on Blade and Mickey or Dejani. <laughs> Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. It doesn't take an army of people uh, to get our NFL knowledge. We just call Jordan Dejani every week. He joins us from CBS Sports. Jordan, how are you doing on this beautiful winter Wednesday afternoon? How in the world are you? Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? I'm doing well. Living dreams. The NFL season is slowly coming to a close. Still a lot of storylines to dive into, but having a lot of fun, man. Hey, absolutely. Hey, you know who had some fun today? Julio Jones. There's video and accounts of him practicing for the Tennessee Titans. Hey, man, that's pretty darn good news. 
How about that? Yeah, I think that's great news, considering that A.J. Brown was recently placed on IR. I saw those videos as well. You can definitely see the wrap on his hamstring. So we'll see how long it takes him to be activated to the active roster, um, see if he can make a difference coming in. It'll be kind of interesting to see if he's going to start and A.J. Brown is still not on the field, how the offense kind of changes with him being the new number one. So definitely things to look forward to when it comes to some players that are getting more healthy for the Titans. We asked this question on the Blaine and Mickey Twitter account. What do you need to see the rest of the season to consider the Julio Jones acquisition a success for the Titans? And it was simple. He stays healthy. The Titans win the South. A better record than 2020 or other list below. What do you say for that? I mean, it's five games left in the postseason, Jordan. What needs to happen that you go, boy, that was a good idea by the Titans to go ahead and trade for Julio? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I got to agree with the staying healthy part. I, I think that's kind of bottom line, though. Uh, I'll take it maybe just a little bit further and say that, you know, I, I would like for him to be the veteran leader that the Titans traded for him to be, uh, for him to show up in some spots. He doesn't necessarily have to go for 100 yards every game, of course. I think everybody understood that he was coming in to be the number two. Uh, you know, he's a veteran at this point in his career. Um, but I would like to see him, you know, kind of show up on spots. And he's done that. We saw that big game against Seattle. We saw him make a circus catch against the Buffalo Bills. That kind of consistency when you call his number on the field is kind of what, what I want to see from Julio Jones. But obviously staying healthy for the rest of the season, this final stretch, and whatever playoff run might be coming for Tennessee is going to be paramount. On the phone with Jordan Janney, CBS Sports, talking NFL headlines. Well, Jordan, I want to thank you first and foremost uh, for coming on, but I'm going to start off with your power ranking across the league, AFC, NFC, and give us your your top five. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's interesting because the Patriots are now the number one seed in the AFC, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I can have them as my number one team in the NFL. When it comes to that, I think I'm kind of high on the Arizona Cardinals right now. They got Kyler Murray back. They're going to be hitting the ground running. They have a huge matchup Monday night against the Rams. That'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, so I'm probably putting the Rams up there at number one. Number two, um, you know, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. I have some serious questions about Aaron Rodgers' toe injury, how that's going to hamper him moving forward. But this team is playing good ball on both sides right now. I like this Packers team. Three might be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like what Tom Brady is doing, obviously. They're the reigning Super Bowl champions for a reason. And then at number four, I'll probably slide in the Patriots. And at five, I might have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, so where where do you have the Titans at this point in time? I know they're on the bottom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, they're dealing with so many injuries, so it's hard to power rank them right now. And, you know, if we power rank the Titans and we try to make an argument for them being in that top five, it's going to be going off of some of the players that they're potentially going to be getting back. Right. So right now, you know, I have them sitting somewhere in the top ten because, you know, they were extremely banged up heading into that matchup against the Patriots. They've had a bye week to now reconvene. We're we're seeing a couple important players return to the practice field. Hopefully that's a trend that continues for this Titans team. But, hey, man, they're sitting at the number two seed in the AFC at eight and four. If this team gets some players back healthy, um, they're going to be right back in the mix. No doubt about it. Uh, We are uh, with Jordan Dejani, right? NFL writer for CBS. You got it. All right. Yeah. Now, you talked about the Cardinals as your number one seed in the power rankings, and that's what I want to kind of address feel like we're kind of underestimating the Cardinals, taking for granted. Nobody's talking about the Cardinals, really, even though they are the first team to get to 10 wins. 
Yeah, they're a fascinating team because I feel like I've been underrating the Cardinals a lot, just up to this point at least. And, and that's because when I'm power-ranking teams, I really don't care that much about what's going on in the regular season. I'm kind of looking at teams and seeing mm-hmm. who's really poised to make a deep playoff run. And you could, of course, make an argument for the Arizona Cardinals. But at the same time, this is going to be the first season that Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are going to be playing playoff football. So obviously you want to put your faith in different quarterbacks and head coaches who have done it before, like Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, guys like that. But at the same time, we know that this is one of the most talented teams now on both sides of the ball that could potentially make a deep postseason run. And it's kind of funny because last night I talked to uh, the Cardinals' new tight end, Zach Ertz. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was talking with him, and the last question I asked was, hey, bro, you're now had a couple weeks under your belt with this Cardinals team. It seems like a lot of people are underestimating them. We aren't sure about Cliff Kingsbury, like – What makes them special? What makes this Cardinals team a legitimate candidate to win the Super Bowl? And quite simply, Zach Gertz said that they're built right. I think they're built right on both sides of the ball. They dominate the trenches. Kyler Murray is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. And, guys, Zach Gertz absolutely gushed about Kyler Murray. He said that he's one of the, the best players in the NFL, that he's the main reason he wanted to play football out in Arizona. But Zach Gertz also told me that, this Cardinals team has a ways to go. They have to get better before they reach the postseason, and then they're going to have a real shot. So it's a good question because this whole storyline about the Cardinals and how much respect they necessarily deserve is going to be something we discuss through this final stretch. But when you look at it and you just look down upon what this team is doing, they really do look like a legitimate contender. Mm, man, so you're doing one-on-one interviews with stud players, man. I'm looking at your timeline now, man. You even – Talk to Jerry Rice? What were you talking to Jerry Rice, the GOAT, about? (laughs) Yeah, I had a great conversation yesterday with Jerry Rice. Uh, We talked a lot about, you know, how the game of football has changed. You know, what is he seeing that's different from wide receivers now compared to when he was still wearing the cleats running up and down the field? Uh, We talked a little bit about that. We talked about, you know, I kind of asked him almost a fan question. I said, you know, Jerry, what, what made you so great as a player? He had a really thoughtful answer when it came to that. He compared and contrasted himself to some current NFL wide receivers. He had a really interesting answer talking about the kind of player Larry Fitzgerald is. Um, we talked a little bit about the predictions, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, before I got off the phone with them, we were talking about legitimate contenders in each conference, and we were talking about the AFC, and he said, you know, I think it's up for grabs, but the Chiefs look really good. The Patriots are kind of in play. And then he paused, and then he goes, the Titans are still not out of it. And I'm like, yes, sir, you know the Titans are definitely not out of it right now. So maybe Jerry Rice is a, is a closet Titans fan. So we had a really good conversation just about his career. We talked about uh, the game-winning drive in Super Bowl twenty-three when he won Super Bowl MVP. Uh, just a very good interviewer, and uh, you definitely got to go check that out on CBSSports.com. Yeah, we'll do. We'll go check it out. Uh, well, since you're talking about the Titans, and, and, you know, Jerry Rice brought it up, man. How do you see the matchup here? The Titans should win this game convincingly versus Jaguars. And, you know, I, and I watched the Jaguars last week. I, I really was a little disappointed. Uh, but you got to get after them early and kind of bury them. But uh, what do you see in this matchup with the Jaguars, the second go-round? Yeah, I'm kind of excited about this matchup because I think everyone who's watching the NFL is going to try to get uh, a good feel on where the Titans are right now. Of course, everyone understands that they're banged up. They're still trying to run the ground game without Derrick Henry. Um, but, you know, are they a team that we should consider a top-10 unit right now, or have they fallen past that? And the Jaguars obviously present 
a good bounce-back opportunity, a get-right spot, if you will. And this Jaguars team is definitely struggling. I don't think Trevor Lawrence has thrown a touchdown in, in over a month. Yeah. Um, so this offense is struggling. The defense isn't very good. There, there's questions about James Robinson and how he's being used in the offense. So this should be a get-right spot for this Titans team. Uh, the spread right now, according to Caesar Sportsbook, is sitting around like eight and a half. Uh, that, that's kind of juicy. I don't know if I'm going to lay money with that. But at the same time, I do anticipate that the Titans could win by double digits. This really is a good opportunity at home, coming off of a bye, to get right and prepare yourself for this very pivotal, important final stretch. No doubt about it. We're hearing from Jordan DeJani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Jordan, the uh, interesting train wreck times continue in Houston so today they have waived last year's leading tackler in the NFL, Zach Cunningham, the Vandy guy. I, I think Titans fans and any other team dealing with linebacker injuries was like, ooh, let's, uh, let's try to claim that guy on waivers. Uh, assessment of things in Houston, the dumpster fire, and also do you think th- there are multiple theories on will he clear waivers or not? This, this was uh, there's a lot of confusing things that the Texans have done just over the past year, and and this is definitely one of the most surprising ones. But listen, I know that the current brass did not hand him the four year extension worth fifty eight million dollars, but at the same time, this is a very important player for your defense. He, he was number two in the NFL in total tackles last year, and like you mentioned, everybody here in the mid state understands the kind of player he is and the kind of passion he plays with. As soon as that news came through the wire, you know, my ears definitely perked up. And I'm sure a lot of different teams and and fan bases, their ears perked up when they saw a guy like Zach Cunningham was headed to waivers. The Texans are now dealing with more dead money, releasing one of their best defensive players. I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on there, and I'm done kind of trying to understand it. It'll be interesting to see if they can kind of get it together and what kind of roadmap they want to establish for themselves when it comes to this franchise at large this offseason. But, I'm confused as well. Now, as for Zach Cunningham hitting waivers, in my mind, as soon as this went through the wire, I was like, okay, he's going to be claimed. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, I've definitely seen some things on Twitter from guys who work for OverTheCap.com, people who I trust with the blue check mark, saying that there's a $10 million injury protection for next year. Um, I think maybe that'll go into – in terms of arguments against why a team should claim him off waivers. Waivers have been really weird this year as well, so nothing's a given. But, again, I think this is one of the more talented players at linebacker in the NFL. He's a tackling machine. Um, I think he's somebody that a lot of teams are at least going to give a look to. Jordan DeJani, our guest here on Blaine and Mickey 104.5 The Zone. Man, did you watch that torrential snowstorm there in Buffalo and the New England Patriots uh, really just running the football every play. I mean, what were your thoughts on that? <laughs> Man, that was crazy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this game up. Uh, it, first of all, it was very interesting. I kind of loved it, to be honest with you. I don't remember watching a primetime game that was so affected by the weather as this one was. I know I'm pretty young, but just in terms of a primetime game, divisional matchup that everyone was watching just over the past couple of years, I don't remember anything like this. But I also want to say this. Uh, how much can we really take away from this win? I mean, we all understood that the Patriots could run the ball better than the Buffalo Bills could. We we understood this coming into the matchup. We we also understood that Bill Belichick was the better coach and that he's also very good in these kind of situations where weather is dominating the matchup. We already knew this. And the Patriots were able to eke out a win. In my mind, I really thought the Bills were going to win that game. I had money on them, and I felt great about it until – 
that final third and long fourth and goal, whatever it was towards the very end of the game. Um, I don't know what we can take away from this, except that they're a very well-coached well team, and we already understood that. So they have a rematch coming up in a couple weeks. That's going to be an interesting game to watch. You know, I'm still waiting for a scenario where Matt Jones is playing in a very tight game, and he has to undertake it upon himself to win the game with his arm. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of one thing I'm looking for when it comes to trying to gauge the ceiling of this Patriots team in 2021. That's why I don't have them in my you know top three of my power rankings just yet. I was hoping that was going to happen against Buffalo, but obviously the, the football gods had different plans. So, again, it kept the Patriots' win streak alive. That's important as they head into this bye week. But at the same time, I really don't know how much you really can take away from what happened on Monday night. No doubt about it. Great point there, Jordan. I guess I'm going to go on the Bills side then. The Bills, are, are they in trouble? I mean, because they, they have a tough schedule. If you look at the remaining schedule, like, man, this is a really good team. But, man, they got I think they play the Bucks next in in uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, man, then you come back with New England. Ooh, this is going to be tough sled for these guys. Yeah, you should definitely be worried if you're a Bills fan. You know, looking at the playoff picture, which I seemingly always have up on my computer screen, they went from a top-four seed, a division leader, to now the very last seed in the AFC that makes the playoffs if the season ended today at number seven. They're the last possible playoff seed right now in the conference. As you bring up, they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday. That's going to be a very important matchup when it comes to trying to gauge what this team is possible of. Um, especially on the defensive side of the ball as well, because I'm sure you saw that contentious press conference uh, after Monday Night Football where the players were asked if they were embarrassed about their performance and the fact that the Patriots were able to run a gap 100 times and, and find their way to the win column. So I'm interested to see how this defense is going to bounce back, especially without their star cornerback, Tredavious White, um, who's out for the season. Now looking at their schedule, they play Carolina the following week. That's probably a win. Then the rematch with New England, which is going to be important and then the Falcons and the Jets. So, in my mind, I'm pretty confident that Buffalo is going to make the playoffs, whether that's going to be as a division winner or a wild card. Kind of leaning wild card right now, but that's still yet to be determined. Uh, but at the same time, you look at the playoff picture right now, as I mentioned, and they are teetering. So they are going to have to finish the season strong if they want to be the legitimate contender we all hypothesized they would be coming into this year. Good. We're on with uh, Jordan DeJani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Hey, Jordan, is Mike Zimmer going to survive uh, this year or, or did the loss to the Lions put the nail in the coffin? <laughs> That's a good question because I feel like the nail has been in his coffin a couple times and it never came to fruition. So not, not sure about that just yet. I, it's hard to gauge this Vikings team. I mean, they really struggle when it comes to consistency on the defensive side of the ball, much like the Pittsburgh Steelers have as well. But I mean, that loss to the, to the Lions was, was just pretty heartbreaking in so many different facets. I mean, the fact that they went down double digits early is just gross if you're a Minnesota fan. And the fact that you try them out to come back and try to pull off the win and then get beat by Jared Goff on what was a game-winning drive, that's just a gross way to lose. So, you know, I, I feel like – I just felt like Mike Zimmer's days have always been numbered with, in Minnesota. So – I think to answer your question, we have to look at what happens towards the back end of this schedule. I mean, right now they're not that far out of the playoff race. They're sitting at five and seven, but technically they're the number nine seed, and you have to get up to number seven to make the postseason in that wild card spot. So to answer your question, we're going to have to watch to see what happens over these next five games. Is, is Matt Nagy State the hottest in the league, though? It has to be, right? 
Vegas says oh, it is. Yeah, it, it's burning. It's burning. I can feel the heat from here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're roasting marshmallows on your seat. <laughs> Jordan, Absolutely. hey, man, uh, fantastic stuff. Always love catching up with you. Uh, people need to follow you at Jordan Dajani, D-A-J-A-N-I, and uh, they can also check out all your work at CBS Sports. And uh, always appreciate you checking in, buddy. We'll talk next week. Yep, happy holidays. Absolutely. Happy all that. Happy holidays. You guys are the best. Really appreciate our weekly segment. Oh, us too, for sure, man. Uh, Jordan DeJani, I always love having him on, and you do need to follow him. Always good information with the Twitter account there, and a a good – he engages with questions too, so anytime you got NFL questions, you can hit him up there. Uh, You can hit us up. Last segment coming up, we have a question out on the Blaine and Mickey Twitter account. What do you need to see the rest of the season to consider the Julio Jones acquisition a success for the Titans – uh, several people have weighed in. Several people have cast their votes. We'll talk about this next. If you want to jump in line, Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline open 615-737-1045. Blaine and Mickey, 1045, The Zone. Lucas, you got some Purdue news. This might be good for Vols fans because Purdue has some really good players. Two of them are NFL players. Uh, and, and I guess Carl, well, what's going on? Carl Aftis has already said that he's going to the NFL, right? But now uh, they're uh, NFL drafted, not playing the bowl game, right? Y- yes. Uh, David Bell now with some news, right? Yeah, David Bell, the Bolitnikoff Award finalist, Bolitnikoff for the nation's best wide receiver, he is declared for the NFL draft. I'm not sure where he really projects, but and it's not clear if either of those guys will play in the Music City Bowl, but you got to think if that is the case, the line will start to shift very heavily with Tennessee as a favorite, which it already is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's from Indianapolis. He was Mr. Football there, yeah. And he went to uh, yeah, big-time school, Warren Central. Jeff George uh, went undefeated all four years there. Uh, oh, even yours truly, Jason Whitlock, was a player there as well. There's a laundry list of guys, though. <laughs> so this guy was, yeah, you know what he was. Yeah, he's really good. Carl laughed his second team All American. David Bell was actually a first team All first team All American. Yeah, yeah. Was, I, was, I knew he was first or second. He was first yeah, team. I mean, he's bad. Yikes. He, yeah, he, oh, yeah, he, so he, he might win the Blitnikoff. I mean, I don't yeah, know if he will, I, but I, I would say he should over Bama guys or. Uh, who else? Uh, Ohio State guys. This guy, he he can run the route tree. He can run short routes. He can make something out of nothing. He can. He's a vertical threat. And there's two different ways you look at a receiver. He's a vertical threat, which means he can run deep patterns and catch the ball. He's also a a catch first guy, which means he can catch it in a short window, quick and fast, and make people miss and then get vertical. So he has both combinations, which really in the National Football League, that's kind of what Derek Mason was. He could do both. People, oh, he's not fast. Well, he, he keeps running by people. He's catching deep ball. Right. But he already had the, you know, the short, you know, uh, route running because that's what, you know, he was basically was a turner. That was his forte. So, yeah, this this Bell kid is, uh, he's elite. He's really good. You know, nobody here is watching a lot of Purdue football, but you go back and watch his highlights, you go, ooh, And every time they upset somebody, he was the main fact. And I'm talking about making some serious, making guys miss and open field some really good players. Oh, yeah, it's funny. I was looking back but, at Purdue's. then. Now UT should win this game now. Yeah, sure, okay. they weren't favored. By the way, I was assuming that they would be, but they weren't. Well, they started out as three point dogs, but then people started betting like crazy, and now they're where are they as favorite? They, they right favorite. Last I saw was three, three and a half. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna check right now. So it's literally a six point swing from where it started. 
I wonder, uh, first-team All-American, Bolitnikoff Award finalist. I, I don't really know what David Bell would have to gain by playing in the Music City Bowl, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it to play. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, if you're his going to be wink-wink, but not for sure, not yet, wink-wink agent, who he's, I'm sure, that, that guy would be like, hey, man, I know you love your school. Uh, what? But uh, let's don't do that. You're not playing in the Final Four. No, uh, <laughs> no. Hey, man, I'll, I'll fly you to Nashville, and you can walk around with me, but you, you don't need to go on this trip. Yeah, you can stand on the sidelines. You can stand on the sidelines. Uh, this is Purdue's, what, first bowl game since 2018, which I think was also coincidentally, wasn't it also the Music City Bowl? I believe that's I, I right. I think so. Yeah. So uh, they haven't played in a lot of bowl games. Uh, Drew Brees, they've had some great players over the years, but just never, they've had nice runs and a couple of nice seasons, but just never, they just never like have this run that goes for years and years and years. So this was a really good team uh, for them to get bowl eligible. And again, two All-Americans, goodness gracious, yeah. on the team. And I got a local kid there who he will be playing. Uh, he plays a receiver too, T.J. Sheffield. You mm. went to Independence High School. Yeah, that's right. I remember that and thinking, mm-hmm. wow, that's mm-hmm. down here recruiting Middle Tennessee. He was good. Yeah, yeah. I got to do a few of his games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, here's another good receiver, uh, Julio Jones. He <laughs> plays in Middle Tennessee for the Tennessee Titans. We asked this question: What do you need to see the rest of the season to consider the Julio Jones acquisition a success for the Titans? So this this was simple. We were trying to figure out what what do we. Like, what What would we put? So, he stays healthy. Titans win the AFC South. Better record than 2020 or other list below. So, here we go. Better record than 2020 is, like, distant, distant uh, last place on this. Okay. 5%. 14% right now for Titans win the AFC South or other list below. 67% literally just say if he stays healthy. Yeah, that's just, where we are. Because they field. know he'll produce. Yeah. He's going to be a factor. Yeah, and, you know, hey, I, I thought he looked really good until I saw this one video today. Oh, no. Right at the end. Oh, no. And, and it's not bad. Oh, no. It, it, Luke Worsham got it, and he probably doesn't even know what he has. Oh, my God. He knows. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, is he ran a curl route, and when I saw him having to use the, and I'm assuming the, the leg that is strained is the one that has the, the wrap or the, you know, girdle, white, you know, girdle underneath uh, that you can see is uh he didn't trust it yet he didn't plan off of it and come back strong off of it. he kind of babied it now he may not thought he did it but i did because he didn't put that foot in the ground and even when he turned after he catched and he took off he didn't explode out of it now it could be because he's not ready to do it yet Mm -hmm. uh but from my view it just looks like he's not quite trusting to let's go full go which he should be. Remember, I said you should only be going half speed or so. Not half speed, but, you know, 70%. Uh, but other than that, all the drills, he looked like, okay, if this is a buildup to having confidence in what you can do out there, even an 85% Julio Jones is still better than uh, anybody else. As long as you don't make it worse. Right. You know, those hammies, man, I, those things are up and down. Uh, Jeremy weighs in on Blaine and Mickey Twitter. He says, basically, here's what would make him make this a good acquisition. He said, any type, literally any type of sustained production. Uh, I get the locker room argument, but at some point it has to be more. I guess him meaning like being an experienced guy in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Falls to the wall, says he needs to entertain me on game day, perform, help the team win. Yeah. Jason says this, it was a bad trade and there's no way around it. 
I'm not going to go that far unless he, you know, he just doesn't contribute pretty much here and into the playoffs because I really believe, and I and when I say things, I, I really believe it in my heart, that his acquisition is only what's going to make a difference in the playoffs. Now, did you want him to stay healthy and all those things? Right. But now is the time he needs to start pushing down this road of being and staying healthy and contributing small piece by piece by piece each and every game. And the next thing you know, he's back to Julio. So only he knows and hopefully he believes that he's the Julio Hall of Famer Julio. I think they I don't doubt guys like him, man. Oh, I think I doubt his hamstring. I know that music <laughs> means we got to go. We can get into this some tomorrow. I think they need to go farther than last year, and he needs to be part of it. I think they need I to agree. go farther than last year. I agree. Uh, that that to me, that's it. If not, why why do it? If not, could uh, why it, make yeah. the trade? Right, yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, mm-hmm. uh, that music. We hear the guitar solo of the Eagles. That means we got to go. Time for us to check out on this hump day. Yeah, on Wednesday. And as always, Mickey, we love you guys, but peace. peace.